Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. You joined us for the episode for Sunday, June 27, 2021. We're so glad you're with us today, and we're going to get right to it. So let's go to the Gospel of Matthew. Now, if you're not very familiar with the Bible, get your Bible, and it will be in the New Testament, what is often called the Christian Bible, although we actually use the entire Bible. (laughs) But the New Testament is about the last third of the Bible, I would say, roughly. And it's the very first book in the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. So we're starting a brand new series today. Isn't that great? Maybe it's the first time you've found us and you've come on the very first day of Matthew's Messiah. I know you've heard of Handel's Messiah and the Hallelujah Chorus. Well, I want to share with you over the coming weeks and probably months, Matthew's Messiah. Now, we're going to look today at who Jesus really is, who Jesus really is. There are many opinions about who Jesus is, but we're going to see who he really is, and we're going to get that from an eyewitness of the Lord Jesus Christ and his earthly ministry, his preaching and teaching, his trials, his crucifixion, death, burial, and his resurrection, and his ascension and the promise that he will return to set up a glorious kingdom on this earth. We're going to get that from Matthew. Matthew, before he was a disciple, was a collector of taxes for the empire of Rome. Rome occupied the nation of Israel at the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Matthew did their collecting for them. This made Matthew an extremely unpopular Jewish person because he was basically collaborating with the Romans, the occupying army in Israel, which every Jewish person pretty much hated. Well, that was Matthew, a tax collector. He was named Levi. So Christ called him And Matthew left it all and followed the Lord Jesus Christ as a disciple. He became an apostle, that is a hand-picked ambassador, a representative personally of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he was, when we think of the 12 apostles, he was one of those. And he wrote what is possibly the first gospel Some people argue about that, but we'll say maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but it was an early gospel for sure. He wrote what we call today the Gospel of Matthew, and that could have been as early as the 50s AD or even just a little bit later, but not very long after the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what Matthew had to say about everything? I've got good news. That's what the word gospel means. It means good news. And the good news from Matthew's Messiah, who is Jesus, the good news is there is an offer of peace from God the Father to a rebellious world, 
to become a citizen of his new kingdom that is coming. And Jesus Christ is already the Messiah King. And he will one day literally rule over this planet. And you can be on his side when that day comes. That's why Matthew wrote his gospel to share the good news. So we're going to learn a lot about Matthew's Messiah. Now, William Barclay was a great theologian of many years ago. He wrote this. When we turn to Matthew, we turn to the book which may well be called the most important single document of the Christian faith. For in it, we have the fullest and the most systematic account of the life and the teachings of Jesus. Did you know that? Well, Matthew's a very important gospel among the gospels. The early church fathers, for example, that is not only the apostles, but the the generation of church leaders right behind the apostles, they quoted more from the gospel of Matthew than they quoted from any other of the three remaining gospels, uh, Luke, Mark, and John. They quoted more from the gospel of Matthew than any of the others. Now, Matthew's primary purpose, hang with me here, was to point the Jewish people initially, but of course all people, but it was to point the Jewish people to their Messiah. Matthew's primary proof was the fulfillment of Old Testament messianic prophecies, which every Jewish person in the time of Christ would have known of those. And in fact, Matthew quotes more from the Old Testament, far more than did Mark, Luke, or John. So uh, Matthew, you can see, is a very unique book among the Gospels. So if you have questions today about who Jesus of Nazareth really is, if you are wondering about, is he really the Messiah? You have questions about his Messiahship. Then I want you to know today with no doubt that Matthew is your gospel. And you don't even have to be Jewish or religious to discover who Jesus Christ really is and how he can change your life even today. Well, let's go to the gospel of Matthew And it's good to start at the beginning. Can I get agreement on that? Amen. So let's go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Perez and Zerah of Tamar, and Perez begat Ezram, and Ezram begat Aram, and Aram begat Amenadab, and Amenadab begat Naasson, and Naasson begat Solomon, and Solomon begat Boaz of Rechab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king. And David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah's, And Solomon begat Rehoboam, Rehoboam begat Abiah, and Abiah begat Asa, and Asa begat Josaphat, and Josaphat begat Joram, and Joram begat Ozias, 
And Ozias begat Joatham, and Joatham begat Achaz, and Achaz begat Ezekias, and Ezekias begat Manassas, and Manassas begat Ammon, and Ammon begat Josias, and Josias begat Jeconias and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begat Salathiel, and Salathiel begat Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begat Abiud, and Abiud begat Eliakim, and Eliakim begat Azor, and Azor begat Zadok, and Zadok begat Achim, and Achim begat Elihud, and Elihud begat Eleazar, and Eleazar begat Mathen, and Mathen begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So, all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Now, let's just stop right there. And no, I'm not going to read the names of all the kings again. (laughs) I want you to know here, as we look at this, I want to correct a very common misconception people have when they come to the Bible. They often assume, I've done it and you have too early on, we often assume that the people in the Bible, like, oh, all these kings, boy, they must have been especially godly people and They walk closely with the Lord. If only I could be like them. You're wrong. (laughs) When you read that list of kings, even starting before the kings with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were kind of a mixed bag, let me tell you. And so were the kings. We see there listed royalty and rogues. We see sinners and sovereigns. If you go back and you look in the books of Genesis and Uh, For example, the book of Joshua, you'll find that these people were not, they weren't uh, five-star prospects, let's say that. But God worked with them and through them anyway, and that ought to give you and me hope. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm glad to know that all of these people before were not perfect. Yeah, kings were mentioned, but many of them were rebellious rogues and There's a a prostitute in the line of Christ. We know her as uh, Rahab that was spared when Jericho fell and she had um, helped in their battle to overtake Jericho. Can't go into all those details right now, but she was spared, her and her family. She is in the line of Christ. How about that? She was, I can't figure it out looking at this, but she was like the great-great-great-grandmother of King David. David, I'll tell you, David had great things about him, but he had things about him that aren't that great, like Bathsheba. (laughs) And you can read about that in uh, Kings and Chronicles and, and read all about all of these kings. Jacob, for example, was a was a real trickster until God broke him. So when you look back at the ancestors in the the line of Joseph um, and Mary, 
Uh, you can read hers, I believe, her genealogy in the Gospel of Luke. So there's two different genealogies given. Joseph's here. I believe I'm right on that. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty 99% sure. And Mary's is in the Gospel of Luke. But nevertheless, all the way back from them, all the way back, everybody in their family were sinners too. You see what I'm saying? Now, I want to illustrate this so especially with the kings. I just have to hit this with you. Let me give you a quick history lesson. Israel initially was one country uh, way back in old times. And then they had a king. Their first king was Saul. I think it has to be said that ultimately Saul did evil. Saul was followed or could have been followed. I'm not sure about this, but Ishbosheth, I don't think he reigned at all. Um, I can't remember that. Just check me out on that. But anyway, we don't know a lot about him. But David follows Saul for all intents and purposes, okay? David follows Saul, and David did right, but even he had some mixed things in, in his life. And the, the king that followed David was Solomon. He did right in his younger years, but he did evil in his older years, even tolerating idolatry in Israel. Then the kingdom split after Solomon into the southern kingdom, Judah, and the northern kingdom called Israel. So let's look at the northern kingdom first. And these are not listed in the line of Christ because he came through the line of Judah, the southern kingdom. Do you know how many of the uh, was he 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, I don't know. There's about like 20 kings. I didn't count them up. But out of the kings of Israel, the northern kingdom, after they split, do you know how many did evil? All of them. <laughs> there was one, Jehu, who did some good, but he also did a lot of bad. I mean, they were like a bunch of total losers in the northern kingdom as far as God and the righteousness of God. But the southern kingdom of Judah, which was the line of Christ uh, through which he was born, okay? You can look at their list of kings, which uh, I didn't count them up either, but I don't know, it's like 15, 16, 18, something like that, maybe 20. But it's, it's uh, several kings. I'm looking at the ones that were good listed here, and I've got Asa, Jehoshaphat, Uzziah, Jotham, Hezekiah, and Josiah. They're the ones that did primarily right. And then Joash did right in his early years, and so did Amaziah, but both of them went, you know, took a left turn later in line. Even the kings in the line of Christ were a mixed bag. So, well, all I want, I don't know, you don't have to remember all that. All I want you to remember, though, is if you're here today thinking, well, I, of all people, certainly do not deserve, deserve to come to Christ or to become a Christian or be in the family of God or be saved because I'm a sinner. Get in line. There's a bunch of them, us, <laughs> in that line. Royalty and rogues, sovereigns and sinners, a mixed bag for Judah and totally a bunch of losers for Israel, the northern kingdom, after they split. 
the kings of united Israel and the kings of Judah and Israel were overwhelmingly, altogether overwhelmingly evil. And we see that here in Matthew 1, 6 through 11. But here's the neat thing. The, the reason I spent time on that is so you would see this. The miraculous occurred where God gave divine protection of the line of Judah through whom the Messiah would come. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and this was hundreds of years before the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and his earthly ministry here, Isaiah wrote in chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I want you to zero in here. Now, all of this will ultimately be fulfilled in the thousand-year kingdom of Christ on the earth when he returns. But I want you to focus on that phrase, the Everlasting Father. Some people who do not know their Bible well or maybe you've never even read a Bible, might assume that the Lord Jesus Christ came into existence when he was conceived and born. That is incorrect. Jesus Christ is the everlasting Father. When you think of the God of the Old Testament, it is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God. That is a fact. And Isaiah 9, 6 makes that very clear. Now, I want to draw on maybe a little bit of the Bible knowledge that you do have already. You may know a lot. You may know more than me, but many of you may be struggling right now. Hang with me. There's a blessing here that's about to gobsmack you right in the head in a good way. You remember when Adam and Eve rebelled against God in the garden and they fell. Do you remember that? They fell from grace into a state of sin and passed that on to their descendants. You remember that? But do you remember that God made a promise to Adam and Eve that he would send a deliverer, a savior, a Messiah? And we, go, we know as we go further through the Bible that God promised Abraham that that Messiah would come through him. And it will pass right through Abraham, Isaac, and Judah, and through King David. And all along this time, Satan was working to derail, to stop, to explode, to destroy the plan of God to send Jesus Christ, his son, as Savior. Satan failed. <laughs> You see, when Israel went into the Babylonian captivity, God broke the Jewish people of their sins of idolatry, which involved child sacrifice in Jerusalem and in Samaria, northern uh, Israel. He broke them of having anything to do with idols, and he returned his people, Israel, to the promised land 70 years after they were taken captive to Babylon. 
and they began to rebuild and they awaited as a nation the coming of the promised Messiah. And we see that in verses 12 through 17 that I've just read where they they didn't lose faith in God. They were finished with idols and they went back to Israel and they were waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God protected his promise through every effort Satan made to wipe out the Jewish people and especially the tribe of Judah through whom Jesus Christ would come. But as we know, he failed. Jesus Christ came. He took on human form, born as a baby in Bethlehem. And at the time of the birth of Jesus, the entire world was at a fever pitch expecting a Messiah, a great leader that would arise to help the world. And especially the Jewish people who lived in Israel under a hated Roman occupation army and an idiot puppet king who wasn't even Jewish. That's who the Romans installed, the Herod family, over the Jewish people. They weren't Jews. Israel could not wait for this Messiah to come. And God protected his promise and he fulfilled it. And we come right to Joseph and Mary and the birth of Jesus, and we'll see that he's called Emmanuel, God with us, and he is to be our Savior. He is the Messiah. In Isaiah 7:14, Isaiah the prophet was given the privilege of seeing this in advance, hundreds of years before it happened, what we're going to read about. In Isaiah 7:14. This is what Isaiah wrote. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And like I said, that means God with us. Now let's go back to what we were reading where we broke off. Uh, we stopped at verse 17 in Matthew 1. And let's go to verse 18 in Matthew 1. And this is Matthew's Messiah. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. In other words, this is the way it happened. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now listen, where it says she was found with child of the Holy Ghost, that means from the Holy Spirit. Jesus, who is conceived in her womb, was without human help. Joseph was not the human father biologically of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Matthew makes a very careful point in verse 16 to point this out. Read it with me again. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary. Now stop right there. Look back in verse 14, for example. 
And Azor begat Zadok. In other words, Zadok came from Azor. And Zadok begat Achan. And Achan begat Elihud. And Elihud begat Eleazar. And Eleazar begat Mathen. And Mathen begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Joseph. Do you see that? The fathers produced the sons. Do you see what I'm saying? But with, without warning, abruptly, Matthew changes this in verse 16. After he says, and Jacob begat Joseph, he doesn't say that Joseph begat Jesus. You see that? He's very careful here to point out the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jacob begat Joseph, what does he say? The husband of Mary. He doesn't say that Jesus came from Joseph. Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom, who is whom? Mary, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Amen. Now, if you're a Jewish person right now, you're starting to see something. How carefully that was recorded because that's the truth. Now back to verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph, in other words, they were betrothed. It was a, a very serious engagement. They were definitely going to have a marriage, but they were not husband and wife yet. When as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, that is in, in marital relations as a husband and wife, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost, in other words, from God. Wow, Matthew is extremely careful how he records this so that there can be no mistake that it wasn't in the usual way that, for example, Joseph's father didn't beget him and Joseph begat Jesus. Mary, Jesus was born through only Mary. This is very clear, very clear. Verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, he, he wanted to do what was right and righteous. You follow me here? You tracking with me? Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example. He did not want to disgrace Mary, but he knew the child was not his. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. In other words, it would just be very privately, he would break off that engagement, believing that she had been unfaithful. Verse 20, but while he thought on these things, and one thing you'll know about Joseph is he was a very thoughtful, prudent, wise man. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Now, by the way, this is how the Lord chose to communicate with Joseph. Isn't that interesting? 
The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David. Now that's interesting, because Matthew has made the connection already in chapter 1 about King David being in the line preceding Jesus, and Joseph is in that line too. And so is Mary, by the way, by a different family tree saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God. You see that? Verse 21, and now now he's going to explain why. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, being interpreted, is God with us. That's Isaiah 7, 14. Verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. In other words, he, they, they became husband and wife. But watch this. Verse 25. And knew her not, and that's the same kind of know as Adam knew Eve, okay, marital relations, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. This is who Jesus really is. He is the eternal God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. He's wonderful. He's the Counselor. He's the Mighty God. He is the expected Messiah of the Jewish people. He is the Savior of the world, of all who will trust in Him. And Joseph and Mary were privileged to have Him born into their home and to raise Him. Now, without any question, Matthew's Messiah is the one commonly called Jesus of Nazareth. That's who Jesus really is. Now, we're not even finished with his birth story because we will take up with that in more detail in Matthew chapter 2, and we'll see that in the next episode. But if you have wondered who is Jesus Christ really, who is he really? He is Matthew's Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. Now, you may be listening today for the first time or after many times, and you may already know the Lord Jesus Christ personally as your Savior and Lord And if you'll stay with us in Matthew's Messiah over the next several months, you will learn even more about your relationship and your walk with Christ. And you will enjoy your Christian life more. 
and be an even greater witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you're here today and you maybe come for the very first time or been here a few times, but you you make no claim at this time to be a Christian, you may be an atheist, an agnostic, a Wiccan, you may be Buddhist or Islamic, you may be uh, Jewish, you may not know what you are, but you do not you do not personally follow the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're honest enough to say that. I respect that. But if you stay with me through this series, Matthew's Messiah is going to become real to you. And you may be at the point in the future, maybe even today, where you know you need Matthew's Messiah. Listen, with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as your Messiah, you will be able to know for certain how your eternity will turn out. You will be a part of the coming thousand-year kingdom of Christ's millennial reign on this world, literally, actually. And instead of following Satan and all of his losers and being condemned to an eternal Christ-rejecting hell, you can come over to the side of Jesus Christ and be welcome into heaven, into the family of God and an eternity with God. Now, you may have questions about that. What does that mean? How do you do that? I'm going to give you two ways to learn more. You can call this number and you can get help. Now, you're not calling me, but it's people who will speak with you about Jesus Christ. 877-247-2426. 877-247-2426. If you would prefer to chat with someone, you can go to chat about Jesus. Dot com chataboutjesus.com and someone will answer questions that you have and help you come to a personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm so happy that you joined us in this episode today. And we're going to go through Matthew's Messiah through the Gospel of Matthew, verse by verse, chapter by chapter no matter how long it takes. And I invite you to subscribe or follow this podcast and you'll be alerted every week when the next episode is posted. I hope you will use the podcast you're on right now and share that with someone that you know and care about that they can meet Matthew's Messiah, Jesus Christ, too. Share it on email. You can share directly from this app. You can tell people to visit dredhill.podbean.com and they'll find the episode as well. Thank you for listening. I pray that you'll have a wonderful week and come to know the Lord Jesus Christ in a fresh way. I look forward to teaching to you on the next episode. God bless you. Bye-bye.